Welcome back to the Small College Basketball Podcast. My name is Chris Cottrell, and with more than 10 years of small college basketball coaching experience and entering our third season of full coverage here on the Small College Basketball Podcast, this is the only podcast with interviews, news, and highlights that celebrates the incredible coaches, players, and programs across all of small college basketball, celebrating NCAA Division II, NCAA Division III, the NAIA, the NCCAA, and the USCAA. Small College Basketball would like to thank Visit Central Florida for their support of the podcast and the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Start planning your Central Florida vacation now at visitcentralflorida.com. That's visitcentralflorida.com. Welcome back to the Small College Basketball Podcast. My name is Chris Cottrell. Once again, celebrating the players, coaches, programs, and the history of small college basketball. Real quick, we do need to thank our primary sponsor, Visit Central Florida, uh, for their support of small college basketball, the Small College Basketball Podcast, and the upcoming Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Uh, Start planning your Central Florida vacation now at visitcentralflorida.com. Joined uh, today by Coach John Kirkornian, from Christopher Newport University, 2023 NCAA Division III National Champions. We're going to roll through five, six questions in about 15 or 20 minutes, Coach. But first, thanks for joining us. This is going to be a blast. Chris, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on. Uh, you you guys and John and Small College Basketball, I know how much uh, passion you have for the game uh, at a great level, and uh, I'm I'm so appreciative to be part of it. Well, thanks for being here. I think when you mentioned passion, you know, what we're all passionate about, I think, is first and foremost, the relationships and that we've all been able to form. And you and I have a common bond through Dom Parker, Uh, Dom the Bomb. I coached Dom when I first started coaching at Lincoln Memorial. You know, what he was a terrific kid uh, back then as a player. How was he as an assistant? He returned, I think, to the chair for this upcoming season, correct? He did. Uh, that's great. I didn't realize the connection. Uh, Dominic is, I'm telling you, you talk about a salt of the earth human being uh, to, to put up with me uh, on a second stint uh, and to come back willingly. I mean, that tells you volumes about the kind of character uh, he has. What uh, You mentioned the word relationships, and uh, that's what Dom Parker does best. His his ability to connect with players recruits parents administrators um is second to none and uh he he has picked up right where he left off and uh, we are thrilled to have him back on our bench i don't know the last time that he and i spoke but i shot him a text today and just said hey i'm having coach on tonight hope all is well and he wrote right back man coach things are great you know you're gonna have a great time tonight so really really exciting to have that connection but going on year 13 at christopher newport and uh, this year's a little bit different, reigning national champions. So what's changed for you so far in the offseason? College basketball is an ebb and flow type of thing, NIL, transfer portal. What's going on at Christopher Newport right now? You know, I, I don't get – I never have got caught up too much in uh, in any of this stuff, you know, and, and it was really exciting uh, to be able to 
to cut down the nets in Fort Wayne. And I will never take, take anything away from that. We'll have that, our team, that team last year and those players and coaches will have that uh, forever, but it really represented the work of so many people uh, on our campus, in our community, our alumni, people that have, have worn our Jersey for the last 50 years. Um, you know, and they're still all still, you know, part of now what we do moving forward in 23, 24, uh, I don't think the game plan is going to be any different than it's been for the last 13 years. And, um, you know, that's we're going to try to put a group together that is as tough as it possibly can be on the defensive end of the floor. We're going to uh, compete every night, uh, be as prepared as we possibly can to, to put our kids in a, a situation to be successful. And uh, we're going to try to have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, and and for those listeners who aren't familiar with how last season ended, you finished thirty and three, uh, win the national championship game at the buzzer over Mount Union, and to set the scene, Mount Union scores. Christian Parker gets a bucket in the paint with four seconds to go, give or take, and immediately your team inbounds the ball. Trey Barber uh, gets into the paint, kind of makes a pull up at the buzzer. You know, the game was back and forth. Take us through the final seconds, the last few possessions in your mind's eye, how you're seeing it play out. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it was that game was was pretty uh, typical of our, our season and our team. And, and it really was the epitome of, of it. And so it was kind of fitting how how it ended. We We lived on the edge all year. We had close game after close game in the tournament. Uh, we we were pretty well well versed uh, in those moments. Uh, we lost a few uh, early, and we we won a few in the tournament. Um, you know, we got out to a terrible start offensively. Mount Union really came out and pushed us around. Uh, we, we were down fourteen in the first half, and um, but as we as we did all year, we kind of battled defensively and hung in there. Uh, our guys played with great swagger. We brought some kids off the bench that uh, thought could give us a lift and they got us back in the game. And before you know it, it's a three point game at halftime and uh, kind of true to form. Our guys found their mojo and really took off in the second half. And we really took control of the game. Uh, I forget if it was seven, eight or nine points there with just a couple minutes to go. Um, but that, that wasn't our team, our team, uh, played fast and furious when we were, when we were down and, and, and fast and loose when we were ahead. And and that's kind of what we did and, and credit obviously the Mount union, uh, you know, they, they fought back from that deficit uh, and cut that thing all the way and took the lead. I think the, the play that sticks out to me is when we, we actually lost the lead. We had turned the ball over a couple of times uh, after having that lead and I think everyone in the gym thought we were going to call a timeout uh, and we didn't. And Ty Henderson, my starting point guard, took the ball coast to coast and got an and one, um, which put us up two. we were down one. We had lost the lead um, and things weren't looking so great. And this was, you know, uh, right before Parker scored. And so we we were able to get an and one by our, our point guard in the paint. Um and then, the, you know, Mount Union called a timeout, came down. Uh, we were up two. Um, they they executed a terrific uh, pick and roll. Uh, and 
Parker finished it to tie the game with four and a half seconds to go. I had taken out Ty Henderson, uh, who had scored that in one bucket. Uh, I took him out defensively just for size reasons. You know, my union was so big. We thought uh, having the ability to switch on the perimeter with some bigger perimeter players, something we had done quite a few times, uh, would be our best bet. Um, you know, it, it was fine. We uh, we didn't get the stop, but it was a tie game. But our point guard wasn't on the floor. Um and so it was a little unique for us, but, you know, it's just our philosophy. We, we work on it every day is we're just not, we're not going to take a timeout to let the defense, A, get their matchups, B, get set, um, C, get back. We're going to go and see if we can get to the paint uh, and create an advantage, uh, which, you know, in our, in our philosophy is far better than any kind of play that I could draw up. So, <laughs> Um, didn't think we'd throw it to our six, eight center, uh, just before half court, but you know, he was open. He's a terrific player. He really is. Uh, I mean, I, there's nothing doubt in my mind. He can drive it coast to coast. He does it. I mean, we do drills like that every day and he took it confidently to the basket. And I, my staff and I were just watching going, well, we can't draw anything up better than this guy. who's already got 24 points or whatever it was going downhill against, you know, they're all American and this is going to be fun. Let's see what happens. Worst case, we go to overtime and, uh, you know, Trey stepped up and made a terrific shot at the buzzer and uh, man, just, just an epic finish. Epic finish. What was, what was the emotion like for you? I mean, you're going through the scenarios in your mind, take a timeout. Now to take a timeout, what's the last play going to look like? We're playing into overtime and then the ball goes through. Did it take you a moment to kind of take it all in? Yeah, well, and I'm not a big celebrate guy anyway. So I, I kind of, <laughs> um, you know, there's definitely a little bit of a sense of relief because, I mean, honestly, you know, I was just in that moment so fully that all I was thinking about is like, here we are. We're, we had this lead. We blew the lead. We hit the M1. I was still kind of, for lack of a better term, I was a little pissed off at the way we defended the pick and roll for them to tie the game. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, I'm thinking like, God, and and Trey comes down the floor and makes the shot. And and I just was just, there's some relief. Like, I, we might have just pulled this thing off. But then before I, we could really, you know, then the referees had to stop and replay it to be sure. And then all the doubt creeps in. I'm trying to, you know, now get my guys who are running around the court celebrating back over to the bench in case we got to go to overtime or something. Right. Um, so I'm trying to look onto the screen and, and talk to Sarah Kotraki, who's got the, the thing in her hand to see if she, you know, saw the video and we're just, we had to, that was an eternity. Uh, it probably took 15 seconds. It felt like, two hours <laughs> for them to review the play. And um, I will say I knew when the official walked away from the monitor by his body language, I just knew he was going to say it went in because he was dancing over there. Um, and so, you know, at that point I knew it was good and uh, really more relief than anything and, and joy for my players. Cause you know, their faces and their body language was like, you know, it's just something that, that, you know, and, and honestly, at the same time, it's 
an, an incredible uh, gut-wrenching feeling for those guys on the other side because that could have just as easily been us. And I, and I, I knew some of their players and had competed against some and prior. And um, we had so much respect for those guys. Um, you know, it's just to see them breaking down in tears. And uh, I mean, it's, it's an emotional deal when you get to that stage. You get to that stage, it's all emotion. I mean, it really is, is your habits and then whatever emotion lifts you up into the moment, I think is, is so critical. You mentioned Trey Barber, All-American last season. Uh, he'll be back this year. He also returned All-American, uh, John Hines. Um, talk about those two guys coming back. And then what else is Christopher Newport looking like uh, on the depth chart? Yeah, on paper, you know, uh, we lose a starter in Matt Brody, uh, mm -hmm. who didn't get the accolades of those guys, uh, but arguably was the All-American. I mean, he did it all. And even in that pivotal game there, I mean, he made big shots. He always uh, drew the, the assignment of defending the, the other team's best player, um, made plays, finished at the basket, made free throws. We're going to miss Matt Brody quite a bit. Um, Rodney Graves was a fifth-year guy that came in and, and really helped us. Uh, and in that tournament, he really helped us. Uh, and he has graduated and moved on. So those are two really good-sized wing players that are gone that had a lot of experience. Um, but, you know, Trey Barber is back, healthy, looks good. John Hines, uh, these guys have done it consistently in terms of scoring and, and rebounding the basketball. Um, Ty Henderson, who I talked about making that big and one, he's back. Um, his brother has joined us as a freshman. Um, Colin Hines, who's John Hines, brother is back. Uh, and, and I think he's arguably the best defensive player in the country on the wing. Uh, as a freshman last year, he guarded all those guys in the tournament. Um, he's come a long way. So we're, we're excited about the, those returning starters and, uh, there's some guys that, that played a role last year that we're hopeful can can play a bigger role. Uh, Ian Anderson, Jake Lotta, uh, Caleb Furr uh, are guys that all played. Uh, Caleb had a terrific championship game, and we're hopeful that these guys can step up. And then we got a, a whole bunch of young freshmen that are excited to play that are bringing a lot of energy and practice that uh, I think is really needed because – you know, these old guys, they're like 23 years old with that COVID thing. Like they're, they're old, man. Like they can't get through these practices. I need some young guys with me and uh, I'm glad I got a nice freshman class because these guys are excited to be there and, you know, um, and, and their eyes are wide open and they're learning every day. And, and we're going to have some freshmen uh, that people aren't talking about right now that are going to, that are going to play for the captains this year. Good. We're looking forward to seeing those freshmen. Uh, quick follow-up doing most of your work with high school recruits or taking some out of the portal? Have you been able to balance it? What's been the philosophy the last year or so? So um, heading coming out of COVID, uh, we really felt we needed to infuse the roster with some, some transfers. And we did, you know, and mm -hmm. so you look at Trey Barber, Ty Henderson, Rodney Graves, Matt Brody, um, Caleb Furr, five guys that were all transfers uh, that played a lot for us um, this year with so much back, we didn't take any transfers um, transfers expect to play. And, and we just didn't feel like we had 
really an opportunity to give them. And so we brought in some freshmen who I think can learn, contribute. Um, and I think with the portal, it opened up some really talented freshmen who were overlooked maybe by some division one schools. So we felt we got a really strong freshman class um, that will, you know, be in there with these guys and then be ready to step in when they graduate. And then you're talking about players stepping in. You've got two really challenging games out of the gate, Hamden, Sydney, and then the always really good Randolph Macon. What are the expectations like early on, you know, coming off a national championship, heading into uh, two really, really tough games uh, to, to start the year. Where's, you know, Where's your mind at, you know, leading this group, a lot of veterans, a lot of maturity, but also a lot of young guys. Yeah. I mean, my thing is I'd like to find out if there's any issues, uh, if we're going to have any kind of hangover, uh, if, if things aren't going to gel, I'd like to know that in November, not <laughs> January or February. Yeah. So, you know what, we went out and, and put hand the city on there first game they can't wait to get a piece of us at their place. All right. You know, and then we had to Marietta's tournament. We got Kenyon and then Marietta. It's a classic. So all we can get there, we got Randolph making back here and then Johns Hopkins. So, I mean, we're going to, I think, find out a lot about ourselves and see where we're at, what our holes are. Maybe we'll get beat. Maybe we'll win. I have no idea, but um, we, we've never shied away and we've always wanted to play the best. And, and I know these teams really are gunning for us. And so we're going to find out a lot about ourselves and, and uh, hopefully that'll, that'll position us for, you know, what direction we take it from there. All right. Well, last question, coach. And, and once again, thank you so much for your time. John McCarthy and I are so appreciative. Talk for a minute about the experience you had bringing your team to the white house. You got to visit the White House after your national championship. Talk about some of the moments you got to share with your players at the White House. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's you know, uh, you never prepare for winning the national championship. You don't, you don't know, right? You just try to win that game. You try to get to that game, and then you try to win that game, and you have no idea what's going to happen after that. Um and I will tell you, it was it, it superseded my expectations. Uh, prior to that, you know, we were invited to the governor's mansion here in Virginia, Governor Yunkin, who played Division One college basketball at Rice. So, like, really was invested in our team and spent personally over an hour with us and his wife at the mansion. That was incredible. He sat and spent time and talked with our players one on one uh for quite a long time that was incredibly impactful then a few weeks later we get invited to the white house uh, with all the other champions from all the different levels and, and sports um and, and that was you know it's a once in a lifetime deal you know and uh it was really just cool to take all those pictures on the lawn and be there and uh know that hey we're, we're part of a pretty elite group here and uh it's just memories that these guys are going to have for the rest of their lives. Well, that's awesome. Terrific, uh, terrific season last year. Looking forward to, to keeping track of you this season coming up. Uh, certainly appreciative of your time. And, you know, thanks for being a part of the small college basketball podcast. Thanks so much, Chris. And, and give John our best. We appreciate all that you guys do for this game. It's so meaningful. Uh, I just was, 
speaking to somebody the other day about the purity of small college basketball, especially in the current landscape. Uh, there's no place I'd rather be. And uh, it, it's awesome. And to have people like you that care and are covering it and, and giving these kids the platform they deserve, really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate that, Coach. Thanks for the kind words. And uh, if he's not careful, we'll get Don Parker on here soon, too. There you go. He'd be better better than me. That's for sure. <laughs> get him on. Uh, thanks, Coach. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for listening to this week's Small College Basketball Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please like and subscribe for our weekly episodes and interviews that celebrate the incredible players, teams, coaches, and history of small college basketball. The Small College Basketball Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. You can follow the Small College Basketball Podcast on Twitter or Facebook. Visit us at www.smallcollegebasketball.com. Small College Basketball would also like to thank Visit Central Florida for their support of the Small College Basketball Podcast and the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Start planning your Central Florida vacation now at visitcentralflorida.com. Visit centralflorida.com.